Hello, and welcome to the Christ Lutheran Church Sermon Podcast. This is Matthew Best. I serve as pastor of Christ Lutheran Church in Allison Hill in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Thanks for being here. If today's message connects with you and what you're going through, brings you inspiration, or offers connection with God, I ask you to please stay on after the message for just a few moments to learn ways to connect with the congregation and the health ministries that we offer. And now, let's dive into God's Word. Our reading today comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it on the lake, while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables, and in his teaching said, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants, so that they did not bear grain. Still other seeds fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying thirty, some sixty, some one hundred times. Then Jesus said, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. When he was alone, the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parables. He said to them, The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to those on the outside everything is said in parables, so that they may ever be seeing but never perceiving, and ever hearing but never understanding, otherwise they might turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, Don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seed sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seed sown among thorns, hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seed sown in good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, some thirty, some sixty, some one hundred times what was sown. He said to them, Do you bring a lamp and put it under a bed or a bowl? Instead, don't you put it on a stand? For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed, and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. Let those who have ears hear. Consider carefully what you hear, he continued. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And even more, whoever has been given more, whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. He also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground, night and day. Whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel on the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. 
Again, he said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like, or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all the garden plants, with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. With many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them as much as they could understand. He did not say anything to them without using a parable, but when he was alone with his disciples, he explained everything. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. If you were to think about something that's powerful, I'm curious what you would uh, what you'd come up with. What are some things that you can think of? <laughs> Eric, <laughs> Eric's pointing to himself. That's great. I love it. That's awesome. What else? What else would be powerful in this world? Yeah. Adam bomb. Adam bomb. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, that might just be like right up there, right? What else? Love. Love. Absolutely, right? The weather. Yep. Friendships and partnerships. Friendships and partnerships. Okay. What else? What did you want to say? God. Okay, yes. That's always the correct answer in church. Yes. Peace, yeah? Joy. Joy, all right. These are wonderful things. Oh my. What was that? Unity. Unity, absolutely. These are all wonderful things, and you're already getting to the good news. So I'm going to cut you off, because otherwise... <laughs> that's, that's right, and Eric. That was great. I think that's my favorite answer, Eric. That was great. I... I went online and I found this article in Popular Science. It's from 2016, which is the 20 most powerful things on the planet. And I thought, all right, Popular Science obviously knows what they're doing. They're popular in their science. So I was curious what they had on this list. And they would have had things that you might expect, right? There's a, this list of, there were a bunch of, of, of the 20 things, like half of them were, had an engine to them. Right, so there were a whole bunch of cars that had unbelievable horsepower and uh, four-wheelers with turbo power, large trucks, motorcycles, boats, those type of things that did unbelievable things and really fast and, and all this type of stuff, right? And then there was this dump truck that was the size of a tennis court that when it's empty weighs about 800,000 pounds. That's, that's ginormous. There was a machine that squeezes metal like Play-Doh. I thought that was kind of cool. There's uh, an electromagnetic rail gun that the military at that time was, was testing out that can shoot a projectile 5,000 miles per hour in 0.01 seconds. And it has a range of 100 miles. Holy cow. That's crazy. There's a laser that can melt a car engine from a mile away. There's a dam in China that produces uh, enough energy to run Orlando for two weeks, and that's just in one day. Uh, and then we got to more of the natural type of things, right? So there's this reaper pepper, more powerful than a ghost onion, uh, a reaper pe pepper that has been described as nothing but pain. That's a quote. Uh, because it's so hot. And then uh, two, two last ones. One, this one probably makes sense, a blue whale, which is just mammoth, 
right? It's uh, the average one, the average blue whale is about 150 tons and it can exert 120 kilonewtons of power. I don't know what that is, but 120 kilonewtons of power, Grant, you probably know what that is, right? Yeah, sure. Which is roughly the thrust of an F-15 fighter jet. Like to, to, you know, they jump in the air and all that. That's to, in order to get up 150 tons into the air, that's the kind of thrust you need. That's pretty powerful. And then this one I thought was interesting and amusing at the same time. A dung beetle. The lit, this whole list has all these impressive type of things and one of them on there is a dung beetle. And I thought, what? How's a dung beetle on this? So apparently a dung beetle can pull 1,141 times its weight. So if we equated that to us, average human being, that's the equivalent of, of any one person pulling five times as much as an F-450 pickup truck could pull. Five times. That's what a dung beetle is capable of doing. That's pretty powerful, but yet in a very small package, which I'm wondering if Jesus would use the kingdom of God as like a dung beetle. Because <laughs> parables are very interesting. Parables are stories, and they teach a lesson, and they have an unexpected plot twist to them. That's why I'm wondering if Jesus would say the kingdom of God is like a dung beetle. It would just kind of throw us off. Kind of like in this article, I'm like, how does a dung beetle fit into the midst of all these other things that just seem pretty obvious, right? And I'm wondering how we describe God. Because we said God is powerful. But what does that mean? What does it mean for God to be powerful or mighty or strong. There's positives and negatives to this description. There's the obvious things of, of course, we want God to be strong. We read stories in scriptures about the strength of God that can move mountains and, and Jesus can calm storms and all these type of things. And I also wonder if there's a little bit of a danger in this are we attempting to prop God up as well? We need God to be this strong entity, this strong being. The problem with the need for that is that can make God very distant, unapproachable. We can't possibly be in the same space as God. God is too powerful. That's the danger that can happen. In, in these type of things. Untouchable. And that's not what Jesus is about. Jesus isn't about being untouchable, being so distant. Jesus literally takes on flesh, empties himself, and comes among us. Born into poverty. Running for his life as a refugee from Herod, and coming back and still being in poverty and most of his adult life, he's essentially kind of homeless. He's very approachable. When we take a look at this gospel lesson, 
we, we've got Jesus using parables. And throughout this, of course, he's using a, agrarian imagery because this is the folks. This is what they're used to. They're farmers. They're fishermen. They're living off of the land. This is what, what they do. And he's speaking their language. And he's talking about the kingdom of God and what the kingdom of God is like. And he's not saying what you would expect. He's not saying the things that the people of that time would expect. They would be expect to hear things like the kingdom of God is like the tall cedars of Lebanon. What are the tall cedars of Lebanon? They're really tall and they're really big. It's what Solomon used. He had them transported in to, to build part of the, the temple. It's these strong, mighty trees. Be like the, uh, what are the 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 trees in California, the sequoias, right? In an American context, that's kind of what we, we think about. Oh, the kingdom of God is like the sequoia. That's not what Jesus is saying. He's equating the kingdom of God with some seeds. With seeds. How powerful are these? Well, it depends. It just takes a different form. Of what seeds, the power of seeds are. They're not like the blue whale or the massive engines or the large truck that weighs 800,000 pounds. But seeds are powerful in a different way. They're not mighty in their size. In fact, if I opened this and I dumped it out, I doubt we would collect all of them because we wouldn't see them all. They're just small. But seeds have a way, once they get into the ground, that, you know, think about this. What are seeds? They're a little frustrating. If you've ever tried to grow something, you know this, right? How many of you have tried to grow something, anything? Yeah, you, you put it in the soil, you water it. And does it come up the next day? Nope. How about the next day after that? No, nope. next week? No, nope. maybe. It depends on what you're growing, I guess, right? But a lot of times, it takes a while. And you don't see any results on this. Talk about frustrating, especially modern Americans. We want it now. We want it right away, instantaneous. But growing things takes patience, right? We're, we're not so great at that. I'm not great at that. I know that much. Growing things takes patience. And it's frustrating. The kingdom of God is frustratingly slow, is what Jesus is saying. The first parable of the farmer who's sowing the seeds. One of the things that I think is really interesting on this is the farmer has an abundance of seeds which is a bit of a twist. This is not what those people who are hearing it would have experienced. Seeds are valuable, and they wouldn't want any of them to go to waste. They would want to make sure that they are being very careful and putting them in the areas where they're going to grow with very limited amount of waste, because these folks are poor, and they are living off of whatever they can grow. This is their livelihood. At, that's at stake. And what Jesus says in this twist is, oh, you know, the farmer's just throwing it out there. 
just without care, without concern, the kingdom of God, the word of God just gets spread out there without a care and without a concern. And it lands on all sorts of different, different ground. And some of it takes root. And some lasts for a long time. And some for a short time. And the good fruit produces finally. But if you think about that, there's not a whole lot that's actually producing. Most of it is wasted. But Jesus doesn't seem concerned about the waste. He's just saying the word gets spread and it lands where it lands. It's not in our control. That's not our job to worry about where the word lands. We have no control over what happens with it. Our job, we are invited to share the word, to share the kingdom of God, to share love, to share the things that you all were talking about at the very beginning. Unity, peace, love, joy, all those type of things we are invited to share because that's what the kingdom of God is. And for some, it will fall on deaf ears. For some, they may initially take it in, but then it will wither because pressure is too difficult or the folks that they're around just don't embrace that. Or whatever the reason is, there's systems, there, there's institutions, there's work, there's all sorts of stuff that gets in the way. And yet, God is not concerned with, oh, you know, are we producing, are we getting an 80% yield on this? Nope, just throw it out there. What will yield will yield, because we know that what God does is make it work. But it's frustrating, and it's slow, and it's not the way that we would want it to be. The other thing I like to point out with this, uh, one of the, the other parable that's a little bit further along, it starts in verse 26. This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground night and day. Whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by himself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full corner of the kernel of the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. Does the farmer actually make anything grow? in that parable. No. That is kind of what this is all about. We are invited to participate in the spreading of the word, but we can't control what people will do with it. That's freeing and frustrating at the same time. So we, we were talking about in, in, the, in Bible study, well, why can't somebody just do whatever? We want people to do whatever, right? And oftentimes we're on the other side of that too. You know, someone's saying that about us. Why can't, why can't Matthew do this? <laughs> but that's, that's not our, our role. We're not in charge of a lot of things. We're not in control of a lot of things. We're certainly not in control of what happens with God's seed, the word. But we are called to share it with others. And it will do what it will do. If we think about this, 
these parables, and we really start to try and apply them to ourselves. Um, if you take this idea of the seed and the soil, <coughs> this has to move through our hearts. And our hearts have a variety of soil in them. This is really what, what part of what Jesus is talking about. And, and it's whether we're talking about us individually as a congregation, as a community, as a nation, as the world, whatever the case may be, because more often than not, the soil of our hearts can be pretty hard or thorny or rocky. And some of it is good soil. And the word is going to take its root in however it's going to. And oftentimes it surprises us. So I just wonder if Jesus were to retell these parables today, I wonder what he would say. The kingdom of God is like. I know for me recently, I've seen the kingdom of God is like, like this parable, not in agrarian ways, because that's not what I'm surrounded by. But the kingdom of God is like a blanket that just wraps one or two people in love. And that has an impact on so many others of who sees that and how it's talked about. The kingdom of God is like a song at a funeral in which the church is just silent. And the song comes out and it's absolutely gorgeous. And it just makes everyone weep and be free to finally mourn. The kingdom of God is like a lot of things. Simple, small, frustrating. We want the kingdom of God to be that large sequoia to go and just conquer and be done. That's not what Jesus says. The kingdom of God is like a whole lot of stuff. And I just wonder again, would Jesus say the kingdom of God is like a dung beetle? Small, but powerful in unexpected ways with a unique twist that nobody expects, but having impacts and producing a lot of stuff. What is the kingdom of God like? That's what we're posed with today. Thanks be to God. Thank you again for listening to the Sermon Podcast. I'm always happy to have a conversation or pray with you. Please reach out either by email to pastor at ChristHarrisburg.org or call me at 717-236-8382. I'd also invite you to be part of worship on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. We're a very diverse, open, affirming, and laid-back congregation. Christ Lutheran Church is located at 124 South 13th Street in Harrisburg. Parking is along the street. You can enter the building through the side entrance on South 13th Street or at the corner of 13th and Thompson Streets. And lastly, check us out on the web. Our website is ChristHarrisburg.org. There you can learn more about and offer your support for the congregation as well as the health ministries and free clinics that we provide to people in need in our neighborhood. 
I invite you to follow us on Facebook and Instagram also at Christ Lutheran Harrisburg. Thank you. I look forward to connecting with you, and I pray that you have a blessed week.